Hello, and welcome to Jersey Head Podcast. My name is Dr. Rufaro Mucheka. I will be your host for this episode. I am the business development lead for Jersey Finance in Africa, and specifically for the South African market. I'm really pleased to be joined today by Tandin Gwani. Head of Investment at Standard Bank South Africa. We are going to be talking about capital raising in South Africa. In this podcast series, I will be joined by female leaders from across the African financial services landscape, each of them experts in their own field. Tandy, welcome and thank you for joining us. Please tell our listeners a bit about yourself and about Standard Bank. Rafari, thank you so much. And thank you for having me on the podcast today. Well, as you mentioned, I currently head up Investment South Africa at Standard Bank. And this business includes Melville Douglas South Africa, which is Standard Bank's boutique asset management business. So within my remit is really looking at the bank's investment offering, everything from unit trusts or mutual funds to discretionary portfolios to some of our multi-managed solutions um, as well. But outside of Standard Bank, I'm quite passionate about personal finance matters, particularly as they affect women. But I'm also a daughter, the youngest of six sisters, and a proud aunt to all of my many nieces and nephews. Wow, that's quite fantastic. And especially, you know, when it comes to women issues, It's fantastic to hear the recent news about the African Women Impact Fund receiving its first close of 50 million US dollars. The African Women Impact Fund is a twofold agenda of making a commercial impact for investors while empowering women financial leaders to drive growth in Africa. Thinking of women in the fund space in particular, how this recent news impact or accelerate the journey of existing women owners and women fund managers in Africa, both in the short and the long term? Many of us will be familiar with the stats. So we know that less than 1.3% of the 69 trillion of global financial assets under management are currently managed by women and people of color. But we also know that if you look at the private equity and the venture capital space, women-led businesses receive only 7% um, in the emerging market space. And we've come to realize that first-time fund managers actually require more than just an investor who provides capital. But also equally important is that they're looking for partners who will spend more time with them in terms of ensuring their sustainable growth. So over the long term, what the African Women Impact Fund seeks to do, and and this fund is really spearheaded by two of my colleagues, Linda Gazzetze and Toby Lefina, but it, it looks to strengthen the economic empowerment and the financial inclusion of women fund managers on the continent. And we're doing this to really promote uh, the UN Sustainable Development Goals 5, which looks at gender equality, as well as uh, UN SDG 8 which looks at decent work and economic growth on the continent. And so if you really think about this fund, our strategy is really to ensure that, you know, targeted investments are made directly to the portfolios of women fund managers. And we're doing this all 
the while providing technical assistance as well as investment support. And we're looking to address the lack of visibility amongst women uh, managers uh, through many of the opportunities created by the fund. Coming back to your question, what we're looking to achieve in, in the short as well as the long term, the fund is, is really expected to accelerate the fundraising as well as to allocate capital to build a track record for women fund managers. But we're also wanting to make sure that women Women are able to increase their assets under management, particularly those managed by women fund managers. Um, and we believe that ultimately this will gear women fund managers to receive higher levels of institutional funding. I guess to summarize, in essence, uh, the four pillars which we're really using to, to realize the long-term objectives of the African Women Impact Fund are firstly creating opportunities to attract capable female asset managers from across our, our continent in Africa. Secondly, it's accelerating fundraising and allocating capital to allow them to build a track record. Third, it's about providing that technical assistance, which I believe is crucial to accelerate the learning curve, the working capital requirements, as well as the capacity building, and then lastly is just around focusing on sustainability and scaling um, of women asset managers' uh, productivity and visibility on the continent via platforms uh, specifically like this fund. Tandy, it's nice to hear what Standard Bank is doing on the continent. And for me, what is great from a leadership perspective is showing that uh, here is a fund which is led by women and for women, and it's going to make a very huge impact on women on the continent. And um, the other question that I actually have is you also have a fund that is uh, domiciled in Jersey. What have been the benefits of Melville Douglas being domiciled in Jersey? So as, as brief context for our listeners, Melville Douglas is a boutique asset management business. Um, it is wholly owned by Standard Bank, and it manages investments on behalf of private clients. And so while Melville Douglas's solutions appeal to a wide range of investors, from high net worth individuals, institutions, as well as their financial advisors, our clients, of course, want to know that their investments are safe and that we comply with the highest ethical and regulatory standards in safeguarding their investments. Standard Bank has quite an extensive footprint on the African continent, but we also have operations in London, Jersey, and Isle of Man. And so coming back to Melville Douglas in particular, we have members of our investment team based both in South Africa and Jersey. And these are the individuals who would actually be managing the underlying assets. So having our offshore funds domiciled in Jersey has actually meant that we have access to an attractive tax regime. So unlike South Africa, there's no capital gains tax, inheritance or gift tax. And of course, if you think of the income tax rate in Jersey, it is significantly lower than, than in the UK. I think being domiciled in Jersey also gives us the advantage in that 
it's quite convenient to do business with the UK and the rest of Europe. So the the positioning is, is quite ideal. And then I think lastly, and very importantly, is the regulatory standing of Jersey and just the financial services regulation in Jersey. It's world class and of course, well regarded uh, the world over. So I think those are, are all characteristics that make it crucial and also give our clients the confidence that from a regulatory perspective, um, our offshore files, uh, funds are actually domiciled appropriately to, to give them that sense of assurance. Wow. Thank you so much, Tandy, for all that information. As a final question, given it is not easy to make it in this industry, what are your last words for aspiring fund managers? Rafaro, I, I think it can really be challenging out there. Whether you're building your career as an independent fund manager and setting up your own funds, or even within the asset management business. And so I believe that aligning yourself with like-minded people and doing your best to build your network becomes really important. Um, and I think events like the Jersey Finance Women Series have really brought to the fore the importance of networking and being able to share ideas. And so whilst the skill of managing money is key to women asset managers, it also becomes more about selling yourself, your proposition, your fund, and suddenly there are other adjacent skills that you now need to bring to the fore, like fundraising, pitching, your investor engagement, and so on. And so, you know, I think the the aspects that we almost need to hone in on and focus on become almost multiplied. And so I think that's what networks allow us to, to really sharpen our skills on in terms of how does one position oneself when pitching uh, their fund uh, to investors? And how would your pitch differ if you engage in a DFI versus a philanthropic organization? And so I think having a plethora of skills becomes quite important. But I think probably the most important is that because we're working in a, in a quite a challenging industry and that shift uh, to gendered lens investing hasn't quite been made yet, it remains important to stay resilient, you know, stay the course, stay focused, um, and also stay bold because it can be incredibly tough out there. Wow. Thank you so much, Tandy. Now that you talk about networking, we actually have our roadshow end of the year, November, December, Johannesburg and Cape Town. And we are really looking forward to create platforms so that people can network and grow their knowledge as well. And thank you, Tandy, for joining us today. That was my final question and conclude this episode of Jersey Head. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our Jersey Head and follow us on our social media channels. Thank you again.